Celta, uh, we just completed right now, and uh, as usual, we're here with Sunaid and Doris, and we have new people for you guys to, you know, I think uh, we joined the panel recently, we have Javier and Karim, so I'll just uh, let um, them say hello to the people first before we move on, so Karim, could you just please quickly uh, give a brief introduction to us? Absolutely, it's a pleasure to join everyone, and uh, it was a great game today, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it, Ala Madrid. Ah, thank you, Karim. That was brief. Nice. Javier? Hola a todos. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Ah, thank you, Javier. So, yeah, Javier is our Spanish guy. So, yeah, we're going to get a lot of original OC content from him. So, yeah. Uh, so, let's just, you know, without further ado, let's dive into the game. So, but before we start, I just want to state that uh, the description or rather the information to have in the column is going to be in the description to the video so you can just uh pop in anytime you want and everyone's going to get equal time distribution and also you can engage us from the chat as we've been doing for the past couple of uh videos. make sure to remind the people right like it's a live call-in show like in between the thing yeah uh, so yeah that's that's the point like the the details are in the description so you can just uh, join from there anytime yeah and also just keep engaging us through the chat as well. We reply and we just based uh, on what you see before with that as well. So yeah, let's just uh, go back to the game. I think it was a very, very good game, you know, considering the situation, like we're all in mourning the departure of captain, Carcinero, even though he doesn't have the handband, he was a captain without a handband. Yeah, so uh, it was a really, really good game. So I just want to start from there, exactly. So I would just like to start, for example, let's start with Karim because he wasn't present yesterday. So what, how would you say, you know, the absence of Casemiro, or rather how would you quantify the absence of Casemiro in this game? I think it's going to be uh, difficult to capture in just 90 minutes. I think um, his influence was up and down the team for seven or eight years, really. So, But within this game, I think there were certain points, particularly in the first half, where you saw a bit of a gap emerging between uh, defense and midfield. And we saw Kamavinga, I think, making attempts to cover a little bit for Chuameni. So I think it's just going to be a question of giving them more time to play together and everyone figures out where they belong on the pitch. So it's a natural sequence of events when you have three in midfield who haven't played that much time together, particularly Chuameni, of course. Um, but yeah, Casemiro is going to be missed. He was the stalwart and the linchpin for a very long time. I see. I see. What about you, Doris? What's your take on that? Like, how 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 do you think? Uh, I would say, Chouameni. Like, you know, how how would I put it? Like, I wouldn't say filled in the gap, or rather, but how do you think? You know, like, okay, let's let me rephrase the sentence. Then, how do you think? Like, both Kamavinga and Chouameni were able to you know perform today in the absence of Casemiro. <clears throat> well, the fact that we need two players to replace him uh, is something. But uh, even that, uh, Chouameni and Kamavinga both were solid today. I mean, uh, Chouameni had uh, a couple misplaced passes, but uh, that is something that he will work on, I'm sure. But everything else, like defending... Defending wise, uh, two two goals uh, came from uh, Chuamedi, making a block or uh, intercepting, and um, that is uh, a good sign uh, of his progress from last uh, game, his debut game. Yeah, that, that's I think that's a very valid point, you know, to make that. Uh, I think that's actually very good for his confidence, you know, to boost his confidence with the team. 
two interceptions he made, which eventually led to goal. So yeah, I'll just uh, get the final take on this from Javier as well. Javier, what do you think on Chuamin? Like, how would you say his performance was today, especially on the back of you know Casemiro leaving Real Madrid? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's an, an interesting game for him, you know. Yeah. In the first half, he struggled like almost all, all the midfielders, you know. Only Modric in the first half uh, at the the same level, you know, is Modric. He's always in a top top level, but in the second half, he feels more secure with the ball, with a few interceptions, like Tony said, like. Very aggressive in the ball, very fast, and and we start to see his like his true power, you know, fast, yeah. uh, strong, and and I think the the fact that uh, Eduardo and 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 so many are French, I think it's gonna be a little of um, a, a synergy, you know. Uh, I'm really looking forward to to see that how these two are. And uh, play each other with Modric. Always we have to have Modric, at least in the beginning. And these two are relatively new uh, for the team. And and Pepe, you know, Pepe is it's also a key component. I think uh, even if uh, Casemiro doesn't uh, leave the team, uh, I will see Eduardo and some new replacing. Javier, um, Javier, your voice is very muffled, Javier. Your voice is very muffled. It's like you're covering the mic or something. No. Um, because, I, because it's very muffled. It keeps coming in and out. I don't know. Maybe it's because I have my... Okay. Can you take off the earbuds, earbuds and try? Do um, you hear me better now? I think it's the echo in my room. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Maybe. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, actually, I think I, I could, you know, I could get what you're trying to say there, Javier. I think the point you're trying to make, which I think summarizes everything, is just our patience. Because as you rightly pointed out, you know, like as the game progressed on, you know, Chouameni built into the game. Like he actually, you know, uh, he came to the fore, you know, like as you said, like the passion was there, the aggression was there, you know, uh, he grew more into the game. Actually, that's very bright. And one thing I also like, to you know applaud the comment you made about is the synergy between himself and you know and uh, uh Kamavinga as well you know being friends off the pitch itself helps you know that bedding process into the game uh into I mean the club as a whole so yeah I think that's something we have just to you know look out for and time will eventually tell uh so now so now, can you just take us through the game since we're just uh, you know reviewing the Celta Vigo game you know we had a couple of penalties. We had penalty shouts. We were giving, we were not giving. We had goals scored on the back of not giving penalties and what is and what is not. Yeah. So would you just take us to the game, please? The first half, the first half was mad, you know, because it was a case of two penalties that resulted from, that came out of nothing, essentially, because, you know, nobody expected those uh, incenses to happen, like back to back, especially uh, to, you know, weird handballs. And uh, Tapia, I could say, was a was a bit cynical because he knew what he was doing, right? Like the ball was yeah. clearly going in the net. Like he obviously, I, I think that move was very premeditated, um, and that's why it's a much more clearer handball. But when the ref gave that one, the Militao one was out of the question because you know there's no debating that. Like, even though Militao's, you could argue, was much more unintentional and he was, like, in midair, kind of, his, his hand was, like, flailing. So, like, it, 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 you, you can actually argue, like, a case, maybe he didn't mean it. But, yeah, uh, after that, like, until then, until then, uh, we were in and out of the game. Like, I... So, honestly, can I interrupt you quickly, please? Can I interrupt? Because I actually have this thing in my head. So I'm just going to yeah. direct this question to Doris because like, I think she's more of, at least she's the closest to a professional footballer we have among us. So the thing is that I just imagine, you know, the case of uh, Militao jumping, right? So he jumps and his hand goes like this, right? So I'm just trying to imagine myself like we play football on the street and when you jump, you can control the motion of your hands. So, like, I feel like you just jump and your hands go. So it's not like I intentionally raise my hand to go with that movement. 
So I would like just like to ask you, Doris, like, what do you think? Like, do you think it's possible to attack these situations by putting your hand behind your back and you know, jump into a, to try to defend the wall? Um, I think you have to. And he knew that. He knew better than to that. Uh, and uh, I agree with the referee. If it was the other way, I would uh, I would say the same, of course. And uh, <laughs> in case if you can control that, <laughs> it, it depends on the on the player and the situation. But uh, as I said, I think uh, Militao knew uh, to do better than that. Hmm. I see, I see. So actually, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not PK. For sure, it's a pain based on the laws of the game. I'm just saying, what I'm actually questioning now is the laws of the game itself. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, why, like, is it, it's like, because I feel like it's something unintentional. It's something that I cannot control. Like, it's, it's how can I say, it's an involuntary movement of my body. So I feel like I shouldn't get penalized for that. But then you might also be right in the sense that, like, uh, yeah, Miltao should do better than that. Like, he's a professional footballer after all. Okay, so Nate, please just... Uh, keep going sorry for interruption uh you're, you're good mate but yeah like it was it was kind of end-to-end especially uh the opening 20-25 minutes and i felt like we couldn't um, essentially like a stamp stamp uh, stamp an authority like especially in the midfield um people were getting in each in each other's way like just like what javier mentioned in the chat of you know valverde at one point i remember like him taking the ball from the right side and trying to dribble inward, you know, right to the center of the pitch and then losing the ball and then that resulting in, in, a, in a short action. That just summed it up because these guys haven't played together much and it was, it, it, it was like clear as day for everybody to see that, you know, these guys are still going through the motions of um, like understanding where each other would be uh, in a situation. So, um, but as the game grew on, we we grew into the game, especially the midfield. Like, um, I felt like Kamavinga was the brightest. What did you guys think about Kamavinga? He looked solid. Actually, for me, it was either between Kamavinga and Modric as man of the match. I thought he was so smooth. He was everywhere. He was recovering the ball. He was playing it forward. One touch, two touch, link up play. Um, Kamavinga almost to me looks like someone who last season played well, was an important part of the team, especially in the latter half of the season. And you can imagine Casemiro leaving almost makes him now puff his shoulders up a little more. Okay, now maybe I can be the one to drive this forward. You saw a little bit of that during the match. He was talking to Amani the entire time. Um, but I thought Kamavinga was really strong today. Very solid display in midfield. That, that, that puff out of the chest, I, I totally agree because there's, there's a... There's almost you, you can see it as in his uh, stature, you know, like it's it's different. You know, yeah. he, he just looks different today. So Yeah, and he's such a technically adept midfielder as well, Kamavenga. He's physical, strong on the ball, his first touch is impeccable. Uh so I, I think he's hopefully fingers crossed, he's going to be one of those signings that just gets better year after year. The, the one instance that stood out to me, um, I remember, like it was, I think around the thirty-fifth minute, thirty-third minute. I'm not sure, but there was a, this instance uh, where he completely anticipated the play and dropped the ball back three times in a row, back to back to back. You know, like he was everywhere. So yeah, man, big up, uh, big up, Kamalinga. Uh, big things coming from him. I'm sure this, this I think opens up a stepping stone that he thought would come a little bit later into the season, but uh, Casemiro leaving has certainly accelerated a lot of things. Um, yeah, Kamaviga was bright. Uh, I thought Carvajal was, again, stressed. Mendy was fine. Mendy was doing fine. Mendy was uh, holding things down. But Carvajal was getting stressed uh, through Javi Galan um, on Celta's left. And, of course, Oscar Rodriguez, if you guys remember, is a Castilla product. And um, this guy was highly rated once upon a time. And he played like, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he had something to prove. So, he was, both of them, that duo was causing Carvajal a lot of um, problems. But we have seen this pattern with Carvajal throughout the years that he might start some games slow, but he most 
more often than not, we finished them strong. So also him uh, along with the team grew into the game as the clock ticked on. Um, what did you guys think about the center back pairing? Like Militao and Alaba, did it look much more solid than what we were faced up with last week? You know, with Rudiger and Nacho. I'll ask you, Farooq. What did you what did you think, Carlo rewarding back to the back line that got him a Champions League? I mean, I think it was. I wouldn't say like it was like outstanding. To be honest, I feel like uh, we still have the same issues we had last year, which was like the aerial ball. I can't recall the name of the number nine striker. That was so you could see like he, I, he that was, was like one constantly I, bullying. You know, either yeah. if it was Alaba or Militao, like, and that's where the penalty also came from. Asensi is known as a one-trick pony. He he's a journeyman. Yeah. He has been to so many clubs. You know, like uh, I think he is from the Porto Academy. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I think he's from the Porto Academy. But yeah, he has been to so many countries, played in so many leagues all throughout the year. And one strong point of him is poaching in the air. And remember, Farouk, like um, end of uh, end of the last year, like around uh, like November, November, December, we used to. Uh, certainly get super worried about how uh, exposed our backline, main backline was uh, with yeah. aerial ball. And you saw Pacencia like bullying Militao on, exactly. on, on more than more than a couple of occasions. And I fear, and this is not this is not a fear, okay? Uh, this is some somewhat of a um, reservation I have that uh, this backline. I'm going to ask you, Farooq. This is an interesting question. I'm going to ask the panel entirely. So, does this backline of Militao and Alaba work in an era where there are much more physical, established, classic number nines? I don't think they would survive it. That's that's my opinion. I mean, to be honest, I think it will be difficult for them because you know, as you know, we just had you know this old team of you know just running and crossing into the box, and you know someone just nicks something off of somewhere, out of somewhere. So I think in that era, for definitely for sure, they might face a lot of difficulties. But I think the point now is that, you know, like these days you hardly find strikers who are like that way anymore, you know. We hardly find teams who are like, you know, who play Chelsea, that stuff. They have a focal point. Exactly. The like, focal point they had, he came on and missed two headers. Just why, remember? Exactly, exactly, exactly. You see, right? So that's, that's, that's the whole thing, right? So, I mean, because you can take a lot of teams nowadays, you know, like they don't play with. But I think I can, I can, I can, you know, resonate with what you're saying in the fact that if we were to go back, you know, in the era of the classic number nines, you know, I mean, it would have been a lot, lot, lot more difficult for the guys, for these guys to actually cope. But then, I mean, also, you know, one thing we have to consider is that while they like that, we should also take away, you know, what they also offer. Like, I mean, the recovery of. Uh, of Militao, I mean, it's 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 just outstanding, you know, his pace, you know, what is and what is not. And also, you know, Alaba's, uh, uh, how should I say, Alaba's technical ability, the intelligence on and off the ball, it's 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 really, you know, outrageous, to be honest. So, like, while they might lack some things, you know, in the aerial prowess, like, they make the up for that. Parking on the back, like, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, because when you take a lot of defenders, you know, of the past as well, like, you know, they were also, like, not that technically gifted and they were just warriors, you know, who were in, let's not say, like, they were in that, you know, they don't, they lacked the football intelligence, I would say, which, you know, nowadays defenders actually possess a lot. It's not football intelligence. That's very harsh. I would say uh, the game didn't revolve around passing out the back so much back then. So, their passing ability would be, you know, a bit less. Footballing IQ shouldn't be in question for That's hard. That's just my opinion, though. But, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, that's 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 a valid point. That's a valid point. Um, yeah. Does anyone else on the panel have any reservations about Militao Alaba? Mm, well, yeah. Uh, hope is the the audio better. Um, yeah, it is better. So. My my opinion is in, in this kind of games we can play with I would say a chaotic center back and a more mm-hmm. center minded center back, you know? Militao Militao and Rudiger in mm-hmm. against I don't know Barcelona Atletico Champions League, they cannot play each other mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Because there are two chaotic center mm-hmm. backs. We need to play with 
Nacho or a Lava yeah. or even Vallejo with one of them. You know, mm. I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I would love to 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 see uh, a back line with Alava, Militao, and Rudiger. You know, just for one uh, one half, just to just to to experience what would it be with the three back line. I know it's not a Real Madrid uh, Real Madrid uh, nine, but but if you have three center backs that can be uh, top of the world, why would um, just give it a try? You know. With, uh, maybe Valverde instead of uh, uh, Carvajal and I don't know Dini or someone else on the left side you know just just to experiment, experiment with the centre-back I think um, the last time we had uh, two chaotic centre-backs was with Pepe and Ramos and it was a flip coin you know maybe they performed like um, the absolute best and no one uh, passed, uh, or maybe one of them was a red card, and the other one gets lost. You know, it's uh, I don't I don't like this, this uh, feeling of uh, uncertainty that brings to to be to very um, uh, local uh, defenders. You know. Yeah, that's that's a very valid point, but. Um... I would be very surprised if Carlo, you know Carlo, right? Like he is very stubborn in, in the way he wants his team to play. And I can't even remember. Maybe he might have tried it at Everton because at Everton, anything goes. So I don't think with us, he would um, revert to a three at the back unless injuries or suspensions, you know, forces his hand. Um but yeah, um, that's that's pretty much about the defense. The less we talk about Mendy, you know, it's 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 the better because he rarely um, gets mentioned because he does his basics right. Mendy is more often than not uh, a seven, at least like mm. most games. I think he is one of the more consistent players we had. You know, um, you you can look up the stats. It get it it, it gets mentioned every. Now and then, you know, whenever he starts, we usually tend to, you know, be on the winning side. And yeah, man, big up to Mendy. He has been going strong um, all throughout these years. Uh, moving on to midfield. From, Before uh, you move on, can I can I pose a question to the panel, though? Right. Okay, guys. So, like, we have, let's see, we have, we can see three world-class centre-backs, right? Rudiger, uh, Alaba, and Militao. Like, all due respect to Nacho as well, so. What will be your ideal starting choice? Like, because I think actually, you know, Javier made a very, very good point, you know, in the sense that like, the point is you don't want to start with, in my opinion, I also agree with him. I wouldn't start with Meditao and uh, Rudiger together, to be honest. No, never, ever. Okay. So I was just thinking, I don't know what is you guys' take on that. Like, we're playing a 4-4-2 Carval and Mendy are fixed. Who's going to be your starting center backs? Like, what's your ideal choice? One of the one of the reasons that it doesn't concern me as much the the conversation about facing a particular number nine that would bully the center backs is I think we've got um, really a few good options and I wouldn't I wouldn't have a universal sort of well these are the center backs this should be the starting center back I think it really does depend on the game um, if you have uh, an opponent let's say like Erling Haaland. Right or someone who's tall and ferocious and physical, just nasty, someone you'd hate to play against. I wouldn't mind seeing someone like uh, Rudiger and Militao standing up together. I think you need that kind of, you need that height, you need that heading power. So I really do think it depends on the opponent. Um, and that's why I'm happy that Rudiger's come to, Ma to Madrid and, and hope that he's going to play a lot of games as well. If I had to choose a centre-back pairing, I think... Alaba just has uh, on the ball ability, which is beautiful. He can play the ball upwards. You know, he's a ball playing defender. So I think he he comes inside. And just because he's sort of like a shiny new toy, which I haven't seen too much of uh, other than he was at Chelsea, I would like to see Rudiger play with him for a little bit and see how that pans out. But but I rate Militao a lot. I think he's a very good defender. He played the Champions League final. He was fantastic. Uh, Nacho hopefully will be a one-club legend by the time he retires. And Bayejo has just been around so long that I can't hate him. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Rudiger and Alaba for me. Mm. Good shot. Good shot. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, uh, I agree with uh, Karim. Um, 
uh, Alibi and Rudiger is uh, my choice. Also, uh, mostly be because of what you said that uh, you cannot have um, uh, two chaotic uh, center backs or center halves. Because, um, I mean, you could put uh, Rudiger in that category too, but <laughs> I. I would say that uh, Rudiger uh, did a good job on the right side today, and uh, he was a threat uh, in the offense, which is also uh, a tactical choice that we could use in uh, some games, because uh, it could be Militao and Alaba for some games and use uh, Rudiger more as a tactical uh, substitution. Mm -hmm. I could relate to that, uh, to be honest. And yeah, like Rudiger, uh, like what you guys pointed out, Rudiger, Rudiger's uh, introduction into our squad uh, basically kind of gives us solutions for multiple problems and um, enables us to navigate, a, say, Haaland situation when you're faced up with him. Um, but yeah, like as, as the first half wore on, uh, we started to assert some sort of control on the game and you could see with the Modric goal, you know, how how clinically uh, he put it away where he shimmied past two def defenders, like one was Tapia, I, I believe, uh, the, the CDM. Effortless, you know, like it, he effortlessly bent it past the keeper. How many times have we seen the same thing happen? You know, like it's, it's always a recurring theme uh, how Modric usually scores. Like, were there any surprises when you when you saw him score from such a distance? I wouldn't no, say. I mean, it's it's locomotive, right? So, like, I mean, it's just you know, it's 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 just outrageous, man. What the man does at this age, to be honest, like, there's nothing left to quantify him, to be honest, like, I mean. I just feel like, you know, we actually are, I feel like we're not appreciating what Luka Modric actually is. Although, like, he's about, I'm not saying like he's underappreciated or like or anything. I'm just like, we're not actually like, I don't know what that kind of thing, like you said, like you don't know the value of something until you know you don't have it anymore. I mean, once Luka yeah. Modric retires, you know, we're going to sit and then like just digest like how really, really good a player is. Or like the man is 37, you know, mm. the man is 37. I mean, case point, like, Iniesta, Zavi, where were they at 37? You know, guys, I mean, really, really, like, you know, the best of midfielders, even the best British midfielders, where were they at 36, 37? You know, like, wow. Apart this, from this, the man is just something else. Um, but yeah, man, British people, you you know the PL uh, agenda, right? It's, you, you can't fight it. Like, the more you fight it, the more absurd it gets, you know? Like, um, I've I've heard these yeah. guys you know, like people like Cruz and Modric, their names being thrown in between names like Thiago. Like what? You know, like the, the, there shouldn't be any any debates, you know, um, among them, in my opinion. But um, sorry to interrupt you, Farooq. The point I was gonna mention was, you know, like right before Modric scored in that banger. Um, the co-commentator on my stream, right? Um, I think it, it was Stuart Robson. He was mentioning Fran Beltran, Celta Vigo's cam had three times the uh, successful passes and touches than Modric. I believe these guys have some inbuilt mechanism, a chip to send all these, you know, shit being talked about them. You know, as some sort of uh, I don't know binary code. <laughs> I have no idea, but he seems <laughs> to know that someone is chatting shit, and he comes and does this. You know, it's it's so poignant. Um, Modric keeps proving everybody wrong. Like it's it's been like I believe it's been three years since I felt like okay, this guy is done. You know, his time is up. His time is up, and it's another year, another year, and here we are again. You know. Um, singing praises. Uh, I want to ask uh, this to you, Javier. Modric, do you see Modric continuing past the next year as well? Well, I mean, just to 
capture live Modric is, is insanely thing, you know. I think it's uh, I, I understand what you say about the commentators because uh, controversy sells, you know. Uh, yeah. But but Modric is a ballon d'or, you know. A ballon d'or cannot never under any circumstance be, you know, like it doesn't surprise me. Maybe they they surprise the 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 other people. But but watching play, it's it's been one of my uh, greatest. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's only proven that if you have the the mind, the body doesn't count anymore. You know, he's mm -hmm. not as fast, and he doesn't need to be. He doesn't. Need to be. And he's never been a strong player. Mm -hmm. He's never yeah. been the fastest. He's been the smartest, and he's been the smartest for a very long time. And and if we if we um, we put the muscle and the speed to Eduardo, to Feder, to Chomini, the more and more we we're gonna see a real and a true number ten on model. You know, just uh, uh, he's, he he sees in the field uh, something that no one else, even Karim doesn't see, you know, only Luca can make the, the pass and the, the assist that he today's, uh, the goal is fantastic, you know, but the assist to, to Bini, it's, yeah, the third goal. it's, it's, a, it's outstanding, you know, he's, he's very smart. And if the injuries doesn't go, I think it, we can, we can have a, a number 10 for, and maybe until he's 40 and, and then he decides to retire, you know. The his yeah. body is not gonna retire him. He's gonna decide to go to his family and enjoy something else, you know. I don't mm. see him retiring by underperforming. Never. That's that's well said. That's well said. Um he wouldn't retire because um, you know, he can't dictate the game anymore, you know. Um that, that's a fair point. But Modric, um, when, when, you, when you actually watch the game and, and kind of resonate with the players, um, when the score was 1-1 with two penalties, you could see Modric was clearly out of the game. Um, he wasn't having as much touches as he would want, you know, as much um, um, interceptions as he, as he would like. So he, he was kind of on the ferry-ferry. Um, but it, like as the game went on, he grew, grew into it. Like there was a moment... Um, I think when the score when the score was one one itself, um, Alaba placed this ball, blind ball to Benzema uh, at full pace, and Benzema uh, gives gives like a first time flick over to Modric, and then he tries to like sneak it past past um, the defender. I I I think it was uh, I forgot his name uh, to Vinny, but it was blocked off right then and there but in the second half like what have you alluded to that ball to Vinny kind of eased up the scoreline and um, enabled us to kind of kill them off because Balaidos historically have been difficult like they haven't won against us in the past eight years like that that's that's a that's a damn damning stat but um Celta Vigo at their home is is no easy team to play against so for me, that third goal proved so vital. Vinny gets so much attention from the media, but Farooq, do you think we praise him enough? That's, I mean, the, you know, actually, you know, the thing now becomes this, right? Like, because of the presence of Karim Benzema, right? Because of the presence of Luka Modric, like, and these are seasoned people who have done it again and again and again. And, you know, I think that's the reason why I would say, no, we don't praise him enough. Because I feel like, you know, if Vinicius was, let's say, for example, on a team, on a Barcelona team, for example, you know, because imagine, like, you can see how much Ansu Fati, uh, how much, like, you know, the coolest, like, you know, rate Ansu Fati, you understand? Because the point is that they have no one other than Ansu Fati, you know, to, 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 uh, to put on the podium. So that's the thing. Like, but for us, like, you know, it's like we're pushing for Karim to win the Ballon d'Or. The other day, we even had the discussion, should, Kutua be the European player of the year. I heard of you know Karim Benzema. We're discussing why is Modric not on the third place instead of Kevin De Bruyne. You get so we actually aren't even discussing about uh, 
how to put Vini on the podium of the UEFA Player of the Year as well. You get so that's I think that's the thing why I would say no. Like to be honest, like I feel like he's not getting enough praise from our side, and that's not due to you know the lack of effort. It's just because like we have a lot of people to push, you know, before we get to Vinicius. But actually, you know, what I would actually I would like to answer one of the questions you posed to Javier already about the fact that you know uh, what happens to Luka Modric, you know, at the end of the season and what's then what is not. I do think there's a World Cup in November, right? Yeah, I do think Luka Modric might actually call it a day after the World Cup, you know, because he wants to go on a high or what is or what is not. I think that might just be it. And I, you know, his contract expires and Tony Cross's contract also expires at the same time. So I think they might just, you know, do a double sunset escape or yeah, whatever they call it. Too much to handle. I don't think I'm prepared for that. <laughs> I'll be honest. That'll be that'll be uh, three of them gone same season. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna be very bad to be honest. I, I I mean I just you know because you know we saw the way like the people in Vigo were actually so so affectionate towards Luka Modric. I just felt like okay yeah. maybe the man maybe the man is on a farewell tour because you know there was there was a time he was gonna take a corner in the first half and they were applauding him you know even when he came off like you could even see even Celta's bench were applauding Luka Modric when he was substituted like not just the stadium even this yeah. bench as well you know like I mean it just felt like. People are like, okay, yeah, like we're in the presence of greatness and like let's appreciate it for as long as we can. So it just feels to me like, you know, the farewell tour, like, you know, you're just going from stadium to stadium, getting your applause and what is and what is not. Yeah, so it, it was it was really uh, kind of a, you know, really good moment actually to see. Uh, I mean, though, about Luka Modric, though, we should hear about, you know, we should hear about Modric from the best Modric fan on the team. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That is pending. Come on, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> How is it not fair? It's only fair. <laughs> Just because I'm from Croatia, that doesn't mean I'm the, the, I'm I mean, the biggest. Mo- I mean, if, 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 if Modric was from Nigeria, I would change my name to Modric one year or other. Like, I would make everyone know that, yeah, we, we were born in the same place as this guy. <laughs> I was, yes. We're from the same small city in Croatia. Uh, but I'm not biased. Uh, he is one of the, if not the best uh, midfielder of all time. And if he Definitely. feels like he can play, then we let him play. There's no question about it. I think one of the interesting things will be if Ancelotti, Cruz and Modric retire at the same time. Because we know Ancelotti is going to retire after Real. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's also an option. We were making for the United calling them the final becoming one. This is the real question, people. You know, <laughs> just imagine you know, winning the, the Champions League one more time, the Swiss yeah, for then, and then it's I will like I will retire as well. You know, <laughs> what else? What else is that? <laughs> I think uh, the mentality and how our club is run, basically, excellence is never never fully perfected, uh, in my opinion. So they just keep striving and striving. This is some sort of an addiction, you know, and a good addiction at that, uh, that we keep striving for success year on, you know, year. So I, I still believe if this, um, if, if, if this sort of magic that, Carlo has over this team continues, people will stay, you know, as long as we are fighting on all fronts, giving our everything. And this mixture of youth and experience, you know, if it if it clicks like it clicked last season and things fall away, you know, we, we should be fine. We should be fine. Uh, but yeah, Vinny again, clutch, he had he had uh a lot of bright moments in the first half. He was toying with Hugo Mayo. I feel bad for him. He is supposed to be a veteran. You know, like he has the record appearances for Celta Vigo um, in La Liga around 265 uh, and like over 400 appearances, all all comps. This guy is a is an actual veteran of the game. He couldn't, he couldn't handle him. You know, he was, when he was going one way, one time, the other way, the next time, you know, like, Cutting it back, um, like neat little tricks, flicks, you know, back flicks, back heel, like it, like there was there was everything on show, 
apart from Hugo Mayo uh, getting a sniff, basically. Um, so Vinny was Vinny was on it from from minute one, and I feel like we have gotten so accustomed to what he does that we only mention when he is below par, you know, or when he has an off day, and that is all credit to his, you know, incredible. Uh, um, incremental uh, rise in, in in performances throughout uh, the latter stages of last season. So big up Vinny, just just keep uh, you know doing your thing because the the less people talk about someone you know, this this is becoming some sort of a normalcy uh, for him to be putting in eights and nines week in week out. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, Vinny scoring the third goal and then fourth goal. Chuameni, um, who wants to let me in on him, you know, because huge pressure, Casemiro leaving just like 24 hours ago and the magnifying glasses are out. The onus is on you to take, uh, you know, the mantle and uh, try to somewhat uh, appear as an heir to, you know, Casemiro's throne. How did he perform? Yeah, I think he was really. He, he, I, I think he was fairly solid, to be honest. And I, I would say more than solid. Let's give fair to it, to be honest, because I felt, you know, uh, I think as, I think it was Javier who alluded to that actually at the beginning of the show as well. Like he was like, you know, a bit at for the first, you know, half hour or so, he was a bit, you know, uh, not commanding. You know, he was just here and there, floating in the game. Like you know, Kamavinga had to help and and sweep in a lot. But I think for the second half, you know, like he really, really manned up, and you know. He was here and there putting in tackles, you know, and he was, you know, uh, doing one of the, he was actually showing some of the attributes which, you know, made Real Madrid spend almost 100 million euros on him, which was, you know, he was winning tackles and stunting counterattacks. And actually, more importantly, you know, as you rightly pointed out, like for the fourth goal, it was much more obvious, you know, like make it, winning the ball, standing strong, because, you know, the tackle was almost like a 50-50, you know, like if he hadn't been strong in that tackle, there's yeah. a very high chance he doesn't make that tackle again. So he was strong, aggressive in that tackle, winning the ball, you know, progressing the ball and making the very right decision there, you know, to uh, to give Vini the ball just uh, not, you know, at the very right time. And yeah, the rest is just history. And it was uh, it was a good goal from... Uh, head of the goal. His header was the reason why Alava could let the shot yeah, Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, that's 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 also valid, man. But, you know, like, because I just felt like, you know, that fourth goal, the process that built up to it actually just, you know, shows actually what we should expect from this kind of player. Like, this is what he would bring to us, like, 80, 70% of the time as the season goes on, hopefully. Anybody else got to chime in on too many? Uh, I think that uh, with with age and uh, some more training and uh, minutes, he will uh, be one of the best. And like uh, Farouk said, uh, he is already showing attributes uh, uh, of being a great player and a class player. But at this moment in time, he just needs some more experience. And uh, with Kamavinga, there, even though he's 19, he's uh, there to cover for him, and uh, I think that a pairing of Chuameni and uh, Kamavinga is uh, even at this time with this uh, squad that we have is uh, the best pairing we will go. We we should go. Mm. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, it'll, it'll actually take a while before they they perform at their optimum. You know, today today yeah, was just of course, so, yeah. Of of just what what they can do, um, but in my opinion, people seem to people seem to always emphasize the fact that you know Chuameni uh, will find it hard to replace the defensive uh, side of the game of what what Castamiro brought to the table, right? But in my opinion, Chuameni already has the positional awareness and kind of the physique that could help him, kind of. Uh, achieve somewhat close to what Casemiro, uh, you know, brought to the team in in a defensive aspect. But uh, in, in my opinion, people would, uh, as the season progresses, people would 
um, kind of start to notice that the one thing that Chouamini will find hard to replace what Casemiro brought is his goal scoring. Because Casemiro used to be so decisive from set pieces, even from open play, man can, man can dribble, you know. Um, <laughs> I used to laugh sometimes, um, especially during his early days, how a tank can, you know, dribble past people and, you know, play neat, neat one-twos. But Casemiro used to surprise people with how agile and nifty he was uh, with his feet. Um, this, this is my question to you, Karim. Do, do you see Chouamini as, as a goal scorer, especially from midfield? Remains to be seen. I think uh, Casemiro chose his goals very wisely. Every, I mean, if only every player could choose the right moment, but it feels like every time Casemiro scored a goal, it was amazing okay. timing. You think about the Napoli volley, you think about Juventus with the deflection. I think it was off Khedira, right? Yeah. Uh, just uh, He chose his moments beautifully, Casemiro. Uh, with Chouameni, it remains to be seen. He is a very technical player. He's still young. I'm sure he can develop his skills when it comes to goal scoring. I think as as fans, as people who love Casemiro and who want to love Chouameni as he comes into the team, I think he'll have his own personality. You know, he'll stamp his own authority. He'll have his relationships with the players. Hopefully, he'll be here for seven, eight, nine years if we're successful. So... You know, I, I don't think it's a like-for-like like comparison. I actually can't think of another defensive midfielder like Casemiro that's playing in modern football. He really is one of a kind. So, you know, I think as time progresses, Tromeni will impose his personality and what he wants to do with the ball, off the ball. And it will be exciting to see it develop. But whether he will or he won't, that's why we watch. Yeah, yeah, fair points, fair points. Um, many, um I, I've seen him being pretty good at corners, you know, or, or like at heading uh, to be specific. So I believe he can improve on that aspect for sure. Um, <clears throat> before we go on, Farooq, like, are you checking the comments or we don't have any comments because it's uh, too late? No, no, man. Today we, we don't have anyone on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Sunny, if, yeah. I, if I may, I just, I think that uh, with, uh, what Karim said is is a thing that is more important, you know. Uh, Real Madrid doesn't try to uh, to have a, a Casemiro copycat, you know. Like yeah. Barcelona, if you have to, the next Xavi, the next Iniesta, the next Busquets, and Real Madrid is like, no, we need to change a position, you know. Mm. Casemiro, mm. a legend, right. But Tramini is not never going to be Casemiro, you know. They play in the same position, but it's not the same player. We don't need the same player. And mm. that's why we keep pushing and pushing. And and maybe he's not uh, ever going to score as many goals as Casemiro. But it doesn't yeah. matter because, as you said, he's a, a more uh, physical presence, you know. And maybe he's better with the ball. And with, for the goals, we can maybe have, a, I don't know, an Eduardo and, and Pepe. Pepe scores insane amount of goals, you know? Like, maybe we don't need that. But the thing is, uh, we we as a team don't uh, uh, keep dreaming and, and crying about the players that left. We try to to improve with what we have. So, uh, Eduard, Chomini uh, is, is the starting in, in France, you know? He's not a Castilla player. He's a uh, uh, a starting position with the with the French national team, the World Cup winner. So, what? Who else would fulfill the Casemiro gap better than him? No one. And Florentino and the uh, directed do it uh, his work before even uh, Casemiro uh, was tempted by Manchester United. I think it's it's a it's an unbelievable uh, president that we have, an unbelievable board, because they uh, predict, almost predict the future, you know? I think it's, mm. it's, it's incredible. Especially mentioned to Juni uh, Kalafat, you know, his, his work also um, goes over most of our heads, you know, the work he, he puts in um, to secure um, upcoming talents. But that, that's a very valid point. Barcelona, always seems to have this uh this this uh um, this 
this urge to kind of you know like impose their past figures on on future players and we have always shied away from it you know we have tried to uh, aggressively promote the individuality a new player brings as a piece uh, to the current team and system so yeah very very good point javier uh, so many i'm sure can you know um contribute uh, to the team in ways maybe we thought casemiro didn't so it kind of balances uh, balances it out but valverde scoring in my opinion he didn't have the best of halves in the first half you know he was losing possession multiple times he kind of uh, looked a, a bit uh, jet lagged i don't know what to call it you know like because he was he was running into uh, positions usually taken up by chuamini or you know like running into positions usually taken up by kamavinga it was it was a bit messy and uh, he 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 was he looked to be stifled on on the right hand side and like i can imagine uh javi galan and oscar rodriguez uh, tried to give him a hard time uh but like i mentioned earlier the team grew and he also was on it um in the second half is his goal scoring underrated farooq i think uh i wouldn't say it is underrated because like he's never been that prolific but like i mean he's been in good positions that's what i'll say like i think his goal scoring is one thing that he actually has to the amount of cross bars he hit exactly right exactly and even away from that, like, really, yeah he's really been in good positions to be honest i would say you know just you know the 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 end product we he needs to stop sticking them at the back of the post but the point now becomes is you know like the guy is a midfielder eventually so like you're not expecting that you know prolificness from him if that's or what i don't know i mean so that's the thing like when you're playing a hybrid midfielder winger situation so this can be one of the things that you know can be a drawback but hopefully he, you know But I, to be honest, actually, you know, one thing I always love about Fidel Rode is this, like, you cannot fault him for lack of effort, you know, like, obviously, as you said, like, you know, the first half wasn't the most, uh, you know, uh, promising of it. But even then, you could see, like, he was just, you know, going up and down, running left and right and just, you know, being, where, being wherever he can be when he, whenever he needs to be there. So, yeah, that's the thing, man, like, you can never fault the man for the lack of effort. But, I mean, about the goal scoring, I think that's the one thing for me at this person, I would say, like, he could improve on point. Mm. his number needs to needs to improve i can agree with that yeah. that that was show was very satisfying you know drilled low um out of the reach of the keeper's hand it was pretty good pretty good um the substitutes okay um sebayos i don't think we need to talk much about uh, lucas vasquez but rudiger the guy who people were crying out uh, you know ever since he signed that he should be featuring more prominently in the team uh he comes in and immediately slots in at right back so is this going to be a recurring theme that you know like he'll be swapping in and out for the wing backs like i could i i was i was kind of kind of a doubter especially in in the classico you know even though he kind of dealt with rafinha very well i never saw myself uh seeing Rudiger play as a wing back. I know he has been exceptional in the back three, uh, you know, with his driving runs um into deep areas. Um I want to ask you Doris, is is Rudiger uh you know, some, someone that can do a job on either flank when called upon? Doris, is she here? it looks like her screen is frozen yeah it seems like the rest of the screen is frozen to be honest yeah. you could you could take the, take up the question for me kari so i i thought i saw oh doris are you back do you want to answer the question i don't know if you heard it you could go for it i lost her yeah i didn't i didn't hear so we were just talking about uh, rudiger playing as as a right back and i, I don't know, i could have sworn i saw him i saw vasquez slide into the right after vasquez came on and then rudiger take take the center i'm not sure um i don't think it's what he's there for but we did mm. see him make that marauding run in the lead up to the to the penalty which i'm sure we'll talk about uh, the last penalty uh and i thought to myself i was watching bruno fernandes i thought, I thought fantastic look at him go i don't think he's going to be playing there the majority of the time i think ancelotti sort of just wants to you know get his legs out there get him to play a few games get him into the team It's uh, Ancelotti looks like he's more ready than ever to be rotating. I think he's very happy with a squad of 23, 24 players. 
so uh, could he do a job on the right? Could he do a job on the left? I'm sure, you know, he's a very good footballer, but I don't think that's the majority of where we'll be seeing him. I'd be, I'd be a little surprised if at the end of the season we found he made 35 appearances on the right side. I think that's, that would be strange. Mm. Uh, Doris, do you have anything to... Um, yeah, I mentioned before that uh, uh, he slotted in in the on the right side and probably that won't happen a lot this season and I hope that we are not in a position that we have to uh, replace uh, Carvajal this season because I think he's uh, doing a good job and uh, one of our better players uh, in the Champions League last season. He had a few blunders and <laughs> he had a few mistakes but overall especially in the final he was one of our if not the best player so hopefully Rudiger uh, won't have to uh, uh, be there but uh, in terms of his position in, uh, in the lineup this season I think he should just uh, switch out with uh, Militao probably mm-hmm. Fair point, fair point. Um, yeah, Rodiger was 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 okay, and uh, that marauding run itself just earns uh, plaudits, you know, for such a short cameo. Um, but moving on to the pen that he won, brilliant, uh, you know, back heel by Benzema, and he gets uh, fouled down, and the ref gives a pen, and Benzema decides to be generous, you know, and give it to Hazard. I'm gonna stick with you, Doris. Was it a surprise? Um, well, it wasn't. I'm just uh, sad for him. Uh, I wish uh, that didn't happen, but Benzema missed the uh, rebound also. So I think that kind of uh, eased up the mood after it, uh, that it wasn't just Eden that missed. But I think he's disappointed with himself, uh, mostly. Mm. Everybody, you know, let me tell you, from ranging from Thanos to Zeus to all the gods you can name is working in tandem to get this guy to perform, right? But <laughs> nothing does, you know, uh, in favor of him. Farooq, walk me through this. This is deja vu again, isn't it? Man, I swear to God, when I saw Hazard with the ball, I knew he was going to miss it. I, I just knew that. <laughs> Me too. I, I, you know, that's the thing. Like, because I just felt like, you know, it's that situation of, you know, like, you know, the mind can just catch a break. That's the thing, to be honest. He just can catch a break. And, you know, I really feel, I feel so sad for him. But, like, man, it's just, it is what it is. This, you know, as Doris rightly pointed out, you know, like, it's just like, what, like, there is nothing, man. Like, it's just, yeah. what can he do? Like, that's the thing, you know, he goes there, takes the PK, he doesn't score that. It's the first touch. He's, you know, it's a very generous move by Karen Benzema. Actually, he shows how high related, you know, how uh, respected Hazard is among his peers, like in the locker room and what is and what is not. Like, I mean, that they gave him the penalty. So that's just, you know, that shows how high the team spirit is in the camp with the players. But I mean, the man can't just catch a break, to be honest. So, I mean, just stay away from distance, man. That's just it, because that's just going to be the headline now. And everyone performed, you know, Tramani was good. Fede was scoring, you know. More Even was applauded by the one I mean, chance. yeah, you know? exactly. You know, so he gave it, 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 it a good shot. You know, Asensio yeah, has yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a good all-round performance, and you know, Hazard just comes and you know does Hazard. Hazard has had one bright moment, I think. One, just one. If I, if I but if man, I he was he, he he was on the edge of his. I think you were talking about the turn which he won a foul from, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's. I mean, even you are respected to do that tonight, man. It's not him, that so. I mean, I could do better, my friend. But <laughs> this, this is a, this is a damning stat that 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 is gonna haunt Hazard tonight in his sleep. You know, twenty-one games since he last scored a goal in La Liga. Man, this is concerning. You know, like if if he if he, if he would have scored too, I don't think people would have eased up on him. Like they would be thinking this this is something that Benzema let up. You know, like uh, an easy Benzema goal he gave up for Hazard's sake and. You know, he just scored, but he couldn't put that away. More pressure, more pressure. 
Javier, do you think there'll be a change in Hazard's fortunes soon? Man, we can only hope, you know? Uh, for me, it's, it's two, uh, the combination of two things, you know? First of all, uh, Karim is our first captain, you know? And he, and he understands the that that what that what he was in back in the day, right? Yeah, he's he knows that he needs to 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 uplift uh, Eden uh, uh, spirit, and for Eden, I mean, we know he's a top class and he's a, a, a really good player. But man, if you have the penalty, just kick as hard as you can. You know, yeah. maybe. Maybe you can send him to the to the to the stand. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. But but break the ball, you know? Like mm. put that uh, anger to the ball. Yeah. Do yeah. something, you know. I, I wouldn't mind if we need that, that's that, that's that also that's also the main thing that worries me, you know, and whatever hazard does, I think it's it has something to do with players that, that is come that has come back from major injuries. I might be wrong. I don't work in the medical field, but that's just my feeling. Um they lack conviction in whatever they do. You know, like when you lack convic conviction, you can't put in that power in, in, into your shot, you know, like so you could have done so much better, man. Uh, it is just it is just sad. But um yeah, moving back to the positives, Farouk, do you remember how we were mentioning that Benzema looked iffy um, against uh, Almeria, in, Almeria. In, yeah, yeah. In, in the first match day. Um, you saw immediately, the moment he scored, he kind of got his mojo back. Like, I've always felt that Benzema is, is very much a confidence player. Do you think there is some truth to that, Faru? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I, I would say... There's, it's like 50-50 to be honest because like you know I've seen games where Benzema hasn't scored but also he's no you know he's had a uh, very good you know I mean I can actually even pinpoint there was a Champions League game we won 4 or 5 you know, last year I think it's against Sheriff I can't recall I think he scored the last Shakhtar. goal of the game it's against Shakhtar I can't remember which team it was but I know it was a high scoring game and he was the last scorer of the game like I mean he created chances upon chances and he also missed some chances so I think because of the way Karim plays I think uh, you wouldn't necessarily say like, you know, he, he feeds on confidence of scoring. Obviously, every striker feeds on the confidence of scoring goals. But I mean, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to point to, you know, to the Almeria game exactly. I wouldn't say like, you know, it's about the confidence of not scoring goal. I think maybe it's just about first game back, first game of the season, first competitive game. So like, maybe there's just, you know, that kind of jet lag and what is and what is not there. Well, obviously, as you said, like rightly, you can take anything away from that. Like once he's caught today, like he was more lively, more involved than, yeah, almost every good team came through him or he was involved in them as well. So, yeah, I think there might be a bit of uh, truth to that, but I wouldn't say that's the whole uh, confidence thing. Mm. Yeah, uh, Salta is his favourite opponent, you know, like uh, in 14 matches, he all this was his 15th match. So, in 15 matches, he has had like 13 goals. So, Salta is one of his favourite um, opponents. So, wasn't a surprise. Um uh, Benzema was on the score sheet. Any other honorable mentions you have from players that I would have missed? Did uh, Did anyone see Militao bounce off, bounce off of his back again? <laughs> yeah, for the second game running, right? Yeah, that's the first time he's done that. Yeah, he. This is like, like he has some sort yeah. of inflatable in in, the, in his back shoulder. I mean, it's amazing. I've never seen someone do it. So consider becoming trademark. He knew what he was doing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a like, great uh, athleticism, and uh, that's certainly what this team has a potential to become, like a really physical, strong, athletic team. Uh, and in the, and in today's game, that is certainly something that uh, you you need your team to be. So Militao, uh, that's that is one of his biggest strengths uh, is uh, being so athletic, like is. Absolutely. It's almost like he has springs, um, you know, work inside yeah. him. So, yeah, Miltao, <clears throat> he, he, uh, he did that against uh, Frankfurt, I think, the other, other, other time, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, Kotua, we rarely speak about him, you know, 
Um, I, I think he had a fairly easy night. Do you know um, what? It's one of those things, Courtois. A good goalkeeper is kind of like a good waiter. If they do a good job, you don't notice. Um, he. It's not that he had to do a lot of uh, shot saving today, but I actually think, particularly in the first half, Celta were pressing quite high. And you saw yeah. that there was pressure on him and on our back line to be in the right position, to receive the ball quickly. He was very good with his feet today. And I know it's something that he... Um, he's taken that point of criticism before when people have said to him or he's read in the newspapers and whatever that he can't really play with his feet. It's absolutely untrue. He's very technically adept as a goalkeeper. So uh, I think props to him. Yes, he didn't have that many shots to save, but uh, when when he did have to play, he played an active part, especially in building up and maintaining, keeping the ball possession. So, so kudos to uh, Thibaut. Fair point, fair point. Thibault, you know, uh, puts in a shift quietly. Like, he goes about his job more often than not. And, you know, like, nobody um, barely remembers, you know, him doing anything of not today, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Next up, we have a very difficult trip away again at Espanol, where we lost, you know, one of the three or four games we lost last season. So, it is going to be tricky. So, before we wrap up, any, any last thoughts, boys? Uh, I was just going to give a shout out to Amir. Like, uh, Amir has always been on our chat from the very first day. So, he's also here again today. So, uh, thank you, Amir, for engaging us. Like, he's, he just actually wrote about Luca Bang when we discussed about Modric. So, yeah, shout out to him. That's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to uh, Real Madrid Committee. Like, like, always check out their Instagram page, brilliant page. You know, they have been with us all throughout this journey. Um, also, uh, yeah, uh, big up to Karim and Javier, uh, who are the new members of our panel. Um, I hope they enjoyed their, you know, introduction, uh, their first day, basically. Um, Javier, I need your mic fixed up, you know. That, that's that's the only thing. Uh, your mic kind of keeps going in and out, uh, but it got better as the you know show went on. Uh, a few people are complaining on, on a Reddit post that, you know, it is kind of too late and they wouldn't be able to make the live call-in. Uh, to all those people, I, I have just one thing to say that this is going to be a regular recurring thing that we'll be trying to do this more often than not because it's fairly easy. Um, so watch out for it. And especially post-matches, we got to do it immediately after the game. Doing it the next day kind of takes the heat off of it. So... We could probably uh, make pre-matches uh, a bit more earlier for uh, people, uh, especially in India and Asia, uh, to actually take part. So keep an, keep an eye out for it. Um, check out especially our Insta page. We'll be putting out uh, a countdown uh, with a link that you, you can <coughs> hit, hit the notification bell on. Um, we'll, we'll be putting out that story at least like five hours before we go live. So... Just keep an eye out, people, and love for the love. Uh, we are kind of, you know, slowly approaching our first anniversary, you know, of the podcast. So it's been a wild ride and uh, can't thank you people enough. Um, big up to the people, dedicated listeners, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know, they have been here from day one. So, yeah, love for the love, people. Until then, Hala Madrid. Hello, Madrid.